Welcome back. Race fans, you know what happened this weekend. It's the only thing we need to mention. The United States stood on the top box in a MotoGP paddock race, the Moto2 race. Congratulations, Joe Roberts. Good night, everybody. We're done. We're, We're done. here. That's it. <laughs> Bo, how are you tonight? Not too bad, man. I'm, uh, I'm ready to talk about every single sort of race that we had this man. weekend. But, man, there was, there was a lot, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm telling you, these two weekends with the the three series running was it's pretty exhausting. Cool. It well, it is exhausting. There's a lot to watch, but at the same time, it's great. I'm in my element. I get to watch stuff that I like. Um, my wife left me alone, which was amazing. I even got to go see my son do his performance uh, with his little band from school, and came back and watched more racing. So it was a great day. But um, you I'm know, glad I, you got your I think, priorities straight. That sounds good. That's... Well, right. I mean, I had to stop right. I, family first, right? So right, I had right. to go to do that. But, but you know, I, I feel like um, we did have Joe Roberts winning his first ever Moto2 race and the first American to win a race in 11 years and the first American to win in the intermediate class since 1990. Shout out to John Kaczynski. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's talk about Moto America, what we saw this weekend at Road Atlanta, especially since I was just there leading those guys around, kind of giving them a toe, you know. But I say that in jest because when I saw their lap times, <laughs> I cussed at the screen. I was like, oh, you guys got to get out of here. And I entered. You Those en Dunlop enter tires your were own screaming, exploits. weren't they? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Greg White has given it a rest on the pit boards this year. <laughs> he will not let the Dunlop thing go. I mean, he loves some Dunlop. But I, every, I time, every time he says Dunlop, he probably gets like 50 bucks from, you know. <laughs> That's My probably gosh. the deal. Listen. Listen, Dunlop, if you'll give me that deal, I will Dunlop the crap out of this show. Um, but I, I think I think what we saw in Moto America was what it means for a 12-year veteran of the MotoGP paddock that has won races, that has raced at the front, uh, been a factory rider. I think we saw the quality of rider that Danilo Petrucci is. We know that his bike is amazing. But to go to a track that you don't know, have never seen, and beat guys that have turned thousands of laps there and race there every year. That's really, really impressive. Yeah, that's um, something in special. In the class. I, it really it, it, is. It, it, and I, I was just, I was shocked he made it look so easy. You um, know, that's the thing about race one, too. Um, whenever that race started, I really felt like, you know, obviously Jake Gagne tried to pull the classic Jake Gagne, Cameron Bobier move and just check out, you know, and, and take off. And, and I really felt that, that Danilo Petrucci just kind of stuck with him and was going to see and hang back for just a bit and see, you know, kind of what Jake Gagne was going to do and how that race was going to unfold. And then Jake Gagne tucks the front end turn five and just throws the bike to the scenery. And, and at that point, I really think that Petrucci just kind of, you know, possibly just shrugged his shoulders and then said, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and go now. Um, yeah. You know, and then towards the end of the race, Matt Skoltz really started to kind of track him down a bit and then, and then Petrucci turned it back up. Um, you know, one thing I noticed though, at the end of that race during the uh, post-race interviews was just how gassed Petrucci really looked and how not tired Matt Skoltz looked. Um, I didn't right. know if you, if you noticed that or not, you know, but, but, you know, Petrucci was sitting down, throwing, pouring water over himself and, and, uh, you know, Matt Skoltz just looked cool as a cucumber. So I don't know what that means. Obviously it didn't mean too much because Petrucci still came away with a win, you know, fairly commanding yeah. win as well. 
Um, and I, and he did close that gap, I think, due to uh, a lap rider not getting out of Petrucci's way up right after turn one, evidently. And yeah. <laughs> Petrucci was very unhappy with that. He's not used to dealing with that. Well, um, you know, thanks to the uh, stellar coverage from the Moto America camera team, we really couldn't tell what had happened there, and we were left to use Petrucci's post-race interview and then also, you know, just look at timing and, and who – yeah. who he came across during the race when he did come across the pack of three riders, which those guys got out of the way. Fantastic. Yeah. I they thought. weren't the problem. Um, it was yeah. the guy in front of them or behind them. So I, I you know, it is what it is. I, I don't right, think right. it's a big deal, but I, I just feel like when I was watching that race, I thought, man, on that rider, that bike, because they, they seem to almost have it sorted um completely it it's going to be tough sledding for everybody else this year um but i think that danilo comes here and i don't see him i i don't i don't know that he comes back honestly that's kind of the way i feel about it i i just if you're petrucci why you know what yeah, i mean like, you really don't have yeah, much to, to it, prove right, at any it, point you know you're gonna exactly. you're already on another level um so yeah like you said, you know, what's so, the incentive to come back Right, and and that's I don't want to in, make that an indictment of Motor America, but gosh, he's he has been dominant when his bike doesn't let him down. It's just been easy, right? And you know, and we we talked about that. Like, what is he going to do when he gets to Road Atlanta? Now, to your point about him being exhausted, you know how physical a track oh, 100%, Road Atlanta yeah, is. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, 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 I would put it up against maybe any track that they go to on the GP calendar in terms of physicality and how hard you work on the bike, uh, maybe Portimao, maybe the only other one um, that I can think of with as much elevation change as Road Atlanta. Can you think of another? Not, uh, not across the GP paddock. I don't believe so. No, um, you know, possibly elevation change. Maybe you're looking at um, overall elevation, maybe the Red Bull ring, but nothing that's as, uh, as hit as as repetitive change you know right, like, uh, right. direction changes combining that with elevation undulations you know, up and down uh, as frequent as the change goes across the track i don't i think portimao might be it right well yeah i mean so race one was you know when we saw gagne crash out he was leading but he was not gapping petrucci mm-hmm. um and I noticed that. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. You know, he, he did try to get away, but he just couldn't shake Petrucci. Right. And we saw in race two, he shook everybody. Um, but he couldn't shake Petrucci. So Danilo Petrucci wins the race, race one. Matthew Skoltz finishes second, continuing a great year at this point for Matt Skoltz, who's three seconds, you know, you always want to win. But, man, you can't uh, – he's he, the only guy he's losing to – you know, beat Mark Marquez in a straight up race at Mugello. So there's no shame in that. Um, and then third, we saw Jake Lewis take a podium. So, you know, that's good for that vision M4 X star Suzuki team. You know, um, I, I just really hope that we get some more factory type bikes because I believe that the Ducati bike is a factory supported effort mm-hmm. in truth. Um, but the rest of them, they're not so much. I mean, even you know, even the Yamaha team is an attack supported team. Am I right? Or right. Graves? I'm sorry. Gra- are they Graves or Attack now? Uh, pretty sure. Uh, I thought it was Attack. It, you know, it doesn't say. Yeah. It does not say Attack anywhere right. on the. So uh, Fresh you know, and Lean sponsor. is their sponsor, but it's not right. Yamaha Factory Racing for sure. So you know, I, I'm hoping this brings it back because I do think 
you know, after race one, Danilo made the comment about the lap run. I do think that the Superbike Cup is starting to get in the way a little bit. If we want great riders to come over here, you know, we we can't have dudes running eight seconds, 12 second lap times slower than, you know, uh, well, they didn't run eight, but they ran five seconds a lap slower. Yeah. And that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and so I get it. We're trying to fill out the grid and all that. Let's just hopefully we can get more, you know, factory support and, and get that going. But, you know, I, I thought I thought Skultz ran a great race. I was happy for uh, Jake Lewis. Hector Barbara looks to be getting to grips with the new Suzuki. That that Titler Cycle Racing team seems to be pretty good. I mean, across all the board, they they uh, they're bringing some good bikes. And and Hector Barbara had maybe you know one of the better rides I thought because I wasn't expecting him to do anything. And of course, Richie Escalante in the top five again. Yeah, Kyle Wyman had a you know on that on the on the uh, second Tyler say cycle racing BMW yep. uh, you know fill in rider this weekend too for PJ Jacobson you know put it on the mm-hmm. box so that's a really good yeah. e- effort for Kyle Wyman when we see just how much he struggled in the past couple of years you know so that's uh, to come in not you know ready to really ride a super bike and just say hey do you want to yep. ride this bike yeah sure and jump on it and put it on the box in race two that's a good result it's a very good result yeah. I think. Well, right. Well, I mean, let's move to race two. Um, race two, we saw more of what we saw a lot last year. Uh, uh, you know, Jake Gagne way out front. I mean, he he beat the field by 14 seconds. Uh, Cam Peterson finishing second. Um, and then Kyle Wyman putting it on the podium for Titler Cycle. So, And then Hector Barber with another fourth. So, I, you know, I think Titler Cycle is... Uh, this is a solid team, you know, normally right. PJ Jacobson riding for them. Kyle Wyman did a solid job. Maybe he gets some looks for some teams next year because of this, you know, he is doing the, uh, Oh, I hate to say it. The yeah. Yeah. Series, we know what he's you know, doing. Yeah. 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 But, um, you know, he, he's doing, he's doing that, but he stepped in and did a great job this weekend, but you know, race two saw what we saw all last year. I mean, Jake Gagne, when he gets out front, he just clicks off the laps, but, you know, he never did run in the 23s, and we saw, you know, Petrucci touch the 23s. And I, I just wonder um, if Jake could have beaten him in a straight-up fight. I think we're all waiting to see that. Hopefully we'll see that next time they go racing. Yeah, we're definitely going to get that before the season's out. We know that. And, and, you know, technical difficulties kind of led to some bad luck there for Petrucci. I think he was fairly upset, you know, blew the engine while they were waiting. It boiled over. Um during the power outage, we got the bike started up again. So, or the race started, excuse me. Um, and, and I felt like we all kind of got cheated out of that, you know, a good race. I did too. Uh, to really okay. see, uh, because we wanted to see, you know, Jake Gagne knows Road Atlanta. Jake Gagne knows all these tracks. Um, but, and this was, you know, Daniel Petrucci's <clears throat> first weekend, you know, riding at Road Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, what he did in race one was just downright impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, He's a, he's a great rider. I mean, there's no mm-hmm. he, full stop. You know, he's a great rider. Right, right, right. Um, and, and, and so we all want to see that, but we will get to see him race Jake Gagne at VIR, where Danilo did a track day not too long ago, so he has seen that track before. Mm-hmm. Of course, Jake Gagne's experience there is, you know, worlds ahead of that, but, you know, um, we'll see what happens. Um, I, other than that, I mean, these... Uh, winning by 14 seconds is impressive, but it's not so great for <laughs> TV watching. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we tend yeah. to watch the stuff that's happening in the back of the pack. But, um, you know, I, I was happy to see 
you know, Cam Peterson doing okay. Matt Skoltz, of course, crashed out of race two, which is unfortunate for him, his first crash of the year. So, you know, he'll get back to it, and uh, we'll see him in uh, in VIR, I believe, is the next race. And, um, you know, with that, I think we should just go to Supersport and just I, – I don't want to gloss over it, but Josh Heron won by a mile both times um, on that V2. And which did bring me an interesting point, and I wanted to get your thoughts, because – we don't see the V2 doing that at the World Supersport level. Why are we seeing it here? Why do you think that? I have my own thoughts, but I want to hear yours first uh, right after I give Josh Heron won race one. Sam Lockoff, he finished second in both races. Josh Heron won both races. Ben Smith finished third in race one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in race two, Ben Smith crashed out. Um, and, you know, that was unfortunate for him, but... I think, I think most of the time, Ben's he was really fast in race one, uh, but you know Rocco Landers grabs that podium in the second race. But why do you think the V two was so dominant here, but not in World Supersport? Well, I think you know part of what we see we've talked about it before is just the level of talent that Josh Heron does possess inherently. Um, uh, part of that is I think that's part of the equation. But then at the same time, I do think that, you know, this Wars HSBK team does have a lot of support uh, from Ducati. I'm not sure how far that goes to the Supersport team, but we do know that they're fairly um, invested at the Superbike level and um, they want to come out and win. So they're not going to bring a bad bike to the grid. They have a phenomenal rider in Josh Heron. I mean, just the things that he can do on on a bike and how quick he can be uh, when he's got his head down and he's disciplined. I mean, Josh Heron really was, you know, should have been that champion that we had, you know, at the world level, I think it's in some cases, but it was just, uh, you know, why that didn't happen. Um, it, it's hard to say. Uh, I don't think it's that hard. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. You, you know, you, you I will say thought. that, you, well, no, no, no. I mean, I will say that, you know, I think there's a talent gap in the field between Josh Heron and the rest of the group, but you know, the, the, uh, um, I'm looking at t- total times, you know, for races last year in Supersport, and we're still looking at a four-minute difference in total time uh, in the yeah. race. It, you know, and and that's to say, you know, um, Sean Dillon Kelly last year, total time on the bike or on the on the on the race was 22 minutes. Um, of course, it was a shortened race, so I take, uh, you know, it, there's a difference there. But even the fastest lap was still eight tenths faster from uh, Sean Dillon Kelly on a Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I, I mean, yeah. to me, I think that the gap uh, right now, the difference is Josh Heron and a little bit of the bike possibly, and a little bit of the, the funding and the money that's actually going into all these other essentially satellite teams that are in super sport because there's not a lot of factory support there. Um, yeah. So this is at, at the Moto America level. Right. Right. You know, I mean, we're not going, I'm not going to call it glorified club racing, um, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, where I'm, where I'm going with that, you know, it's just, it's yeah. a bridge. It's, it's not, you know, we're not, we don't really see a lot of companies that are going to dump a lot of funding, a lot of effort, um, and a lot of resource down into, uh, the Moto America racing, um, series just yet. I, I do think it's on, on a, a good direction. Uh, but I do think that we need more broader talent and broader visibility into Moto America. We've talked about this numerous times. Um, I, I think they're doing the right things, but I just don't think that it's it's quite there yet. 
and, and there are little small foundational things that Moto America is not doing that really take the organization to the next level, I think. And, and those are the things that they need to pay attention to. And those are the things they need to put the effort into, you know, as far as let's look at coverage quality. It, it's really not there. Um, and, yeah. and to me, that is so frustrating. You know, if we have a weekend like this, it's really, really visible when we have a weekend like we just had. You have MotoGP coverage, which is top notch. You have World Superbike coverage, which has its challenges, but still has pretty good coverage. And then you move over to Moto America coverage, which is the the application now this year um, is a bit more friendly, I think, than it was in the past. It was just complete frustration last year. I think it functions a little bit better this year. We don't have videos that are skipping around quite a bit. Um, but the the camera work, the crew work, you know, the quality, the the visual appeals, things of that, the graphic, the graphic interface that you see as you watch the race, it's just not there. It's a little clumsy. It's clunky. It's not aesthetically pleasing. It's not modern. It's not you know not minimalistic. It's 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 intrusive and it's not intuitive whatsoever. When you want to know what gaps are, active gaps between riders, things like that, it's just not to the same level that that it needs to be. And the irony behind it is that the title sponsor for Moto America and the Superbike class, at least, is a is a mobile electronic experience, um, you know, provider more or less. It's this it's one of the services they focus on in Medallia. Well, I right. sorry, so uh, I you do, know, that's not a no, super no, no. negative you, soapbox, you, you but you him. know what I mean. Right. No, I agree with you on a lot of your points because I think that they did improve some things this year. There, there's no doubt. We had a lot of frustrations last year, um, but they have improved some things. There's still a long way to go. However, everyone has things they can do better. Even yeah, at the, yeah, the standard, which is MotoGP, they improve something every year. I, I really like what they're doing now. I love having the the race order on the side of the screen. I love that. Like I, I, I think that's great. I like the way they do it. I like the way they tell us when someone's got a track warning or track limits warning. Yeah. You know, I like all yeah. that. So they, they're improving every year and Moto America is just years behind. And they have to how could they not be? They started many years later. Yeah. You know, we yeah. were already watching MotoGP streaming when Moto America wasn't even around. So Let's get, you know, I give them a little bit of a pass there, but I, I, I want to talk about what I think about the, the Warhorse Ducati V2. And again, I do believe this is again, the same level bike that they're running it in world Supersport, right? So when they're running at world Supersport, they're getting some factory support there. And I think it's mm -hmm. the same bike. Whereas like you've made a point, these other guys there, there's some of them are great mechanics but they don't have the, the resources, resources yeah. that a, a factory. Yeah, you know, I'd like say if we could get a Tenkata so, to bring a bike to an R6 over, oh, you know, and oh, slap yeah, some, yeah, you absolutely. know, put, put Rocco Landers on it and see what Rocco Landers can do on well, a Tenkata. And that bike, was my know? other point. Put, let's get Dami Agater over here and let's see what he does against Josh Heron. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. those two R6s are running at the front of the World Supersport. Um, and Nicola Bulga's doing a great job on the Ducati. Yeah, I mean, he's put it on yeah, the podium. Absolutely. Yeah. But but he's not he's not close to challenging them for race wins, you know. Um, so uh, to that end, you know, we and and why is there is a talent difference between Josh Heron and the rest of that field. But my issue with Josh Heron is why can't you keep a job ever? You go one year and you burn the bridges and you find somewhere else to go. 
And I think, again, I've said this many times, that guy won the Superbike Championship and didn't have a ride the next year. Yeah. That, that's all I needed to know. So, you know, for Josh, maybe maybe we're reading that situation completely wrong, but I, I don't see how a guy of Josh's talent level has to get a new – unless he just likes a new challenge every year and he's kind of like Mesa and then he doesn't want to be tied down to the same place. But that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, um, not for a guy that's been in racing for as long as he's been in, right. and the talent level that he's got. He's been on the world level. Uh, no, I don't. I don't buy that either. It's uh, it, it's got to be a this the was liability, low hanging fruit. You know, it's, yeah, I think he came into this championship because it was low hanging fruit, and he knew he would have the only factory bike, so it's easy to win. And if you put me in that position, I also make the same decision Josh Aaron made. I'm going to be honest. It, because there may not have been a superbike ride. Or if the superbike ride was there, it was on some bike that he didn't want. You know, he rode Shaibi's BMW, which Shaibi is still running that 17-year-old bike. <laughs> I, I, That's the first BMW S1000RR, wasn't it? Yeah, I, 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 for the life of me, I can't understand it. But they're still trying to run that bike. And Titler Cycle came in. They got three BMWs, you know, up-to-date, new, latest-generation BMWs on the grid. But Shiby, no way. Sticking with this one. I got it. Um, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, but I don't – in terms of this championship, I have seen nothing. Sam Lockoff does look much improved from last year. But I've seen nothing that says to me Sam Lockoff can challenge Josh Heron week to week. But right. it's early. We've only had two races, so let's find out. Um, but with that, that's that's what I've got for Moto America. Yeah, yeah. yeah Where I are believe you? That you just good with that? Yeah, that sums it up for me as well, yeah. Now, I, I know that there's also the Stock 1000 class, but I feel like they also run in the Superbike Cup, and and... I, I watched those races, you know, and Corey Anderson did a great job this past weekend, but I, I just, I feel like, you know, we've got so much to cover. we got to get through some stuff. So, sorry, Superstock 1000. Corey, I do want to give, uh, want to give Max, uh, Max Vanderbrook a uh, shout-out. You know, he's doing really well this year in the Junior Cup. And, you know, his, uh, his dad, his old man, Brian Van at Sport Bike Track Gear, um, fantastic contributor to the community. Um, just, just a really, really good guy, business owner and, you know, supporter of the sport. So it's good to see Max doing well. Absolutely. I, I, I actually rode with Max in my very first visit to, or my second visit to, um, or maybe it was my first, I can't remember, but my first visit to Barbara, I believe Max was in my novice group with me and he was already crazy fast. And they bumped him out of that group almost two sessions. They were like, he doesn't need to be here. <laughs> and his dad did not want him out there, but they took him out. And then, unfortunately, he had a little a little baby off later in the day. But uh, I I can always say, if that guy goes on to be a world champion, I can be like, you and I rode in the novice class together, buddy. Barber <laughs> Motorsports Park. That's my claim to fame. I mean, you know, how many you know yeah. how many degrees of separation between me and Max Vanderbrook? Uh, not many. <laughs> um, but let's move to World Superbike. 